0: Hey, so i didn't think i told you guys but we are starting to put highlight sections of our podcast on youtube so you can actually listen to certain sections of episodes of our podcast and it's going to be uploaded on youtube soon so check it out um, just search peach neon pink neon again has two ends and it should show up our channel on there along with a bunch of other stuff like my travel vlogs and my one minute vlogs and a lot of k-pop stuff so yeah keep an eye out for those highlight clips video video clips on youtube hey everyone it is monday february 24 2020 and you know what monday is it is time for another podcast episode and i know i know i totally missed last week i'm really trying to be more consistent with the podcast episodes but it's been a challenge um ever since i got back from southeast asia and it's just been like a crazy few weeks um kind of gearing towards the end of February here, but welcome, welcome. This is Peach Neon Pink Ramblings um, episode 16. So, welcome so much. Uh, Thank you. Welcome so much. What was that? Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in to the 16th episode of my podcast. And um, yeah, so I also have a bit of a cough, so my voice is going to be a little bit weird for this podcast. So, my apologies in advance. But we're going to get through it because I really wanted to have a podcast episode out today. Um, And there has just been like a backlog of stuff that I want to talk about. I just haven't been able to get around to like actually recording. So um, yeah, we're going to do this today. Um, So today we're going to go talk about a Korean movie called Midnight Runners. Uh, this is a Korean movie starring Park Seo Joon and Kang Hanyul uh, We're going to talk about that and like the stuff that I like about it I watched it actually like about two weeks ago And i just been wanting to really talk about it But I just never got the chance, like I said um, We're also going to talk about two um, different female vocalists That have just popped in my radar recently In the K-pop section of the podcast um uh, this uh, we're gonna talk about blue d who just debuted last year at the end of last year and um has been around in the k-pop scene since 2012 her name's from we're going to talk about those two soloists in the k-pop section of the podcast and in k-beauty we're going to talk about remedies for acne because i am a person with bad skin that and have frequent breakouts because i have oily combination skin so i am finally going to be reviewing a couple of um the stuff that i use from korean skincare korean beauty that i feel is really helpful for breakouts so i'm going to talk about a product from neogen and a product from Method house two products um (laughs) products that i love from two brands um they're just amazing brands so we're going to talk about them um after the jump back again this is peach neon pink ramblings the podcast where i talk about everything korean entertainment including korean movies which is what we're going to talk about today um i actually should have talked about this movie um on the last podcast episode because i did gush about parasite being the first south korean uh, movie that went you know that won an academy award won best picture so that would have been a lot better of a episode and a lot more consistent but i didn't think it through and i didn't talk about a korean movie back in the previous um podcast episode so we're just going to talk about it today um (coughs) This time around, we're talking about Midnight Runners, like I said, starring Park Seo Joon and Kang Hanyo. I'm going to read you guys a little bit of a plot uh, synopsis. This is from Wikipedia. You guys know me. I love taking well-written synopsis off online and just reading it to you guys. I'm going to redo that right now. Um, so Midnight Runners is about Ki Joon, played by Park Seo Joon and He Kang Han, played by Kang Hanyo are students at the Korean National Police University. At around midnight one night, they witness a kidnapping on their way back from the club. The local police station's missing persons department, however, is busy with the kidnapping of a son of a business mogul at the time and is unable to investigate the case. Knowing that they are in the critical hours after a kidnapping, they embark on their own amateur investigation. When Kijun and Heel catch up with the kidnappers, it appears that the gang is running an unfertilized egg harvesting ring and that they are there are more, many more girls locked up at their hideout. Kijun and Heel tries to save them but instead are beaten and locked up. After escaping their captors, they return the next day to an empty hideout in a cold trail. As they are not actual police officers, their professors tell them not to pursue the case any further. Unable to wait, the bureaucracy to resolve the case they once again embark on their own investigation they undergo heavy physical training and manage to track the kidnappers down with the help of cctv footage to a fertility clinic armored up the duo venture in to liberate the girls by themselves this time much more prepared they fought the kidnappers and the kidnappers boss which they knock out. Unable to arrest the kidnappers themselves, they call the police in and risk being expelled. But having done the right thing, they are instead sentenced to extended community service. In a mid-credits scene, the girl kidnapped at the beginning of the film visits Kijun and Heel as they are serving their community service and thinks that. So, guys, um, Midnight Runners, also known as uh, by its other English title, Young Cops, also in Korean, Jongmyon, Youngcha. This was a movie that was released in theaters um, quite a long time ago. It's already 2020, and it was released back in August 2017. So about 3 years ago I'm really late into the game and watching this movie but um I'm so glad that I actually picked it up. Um this is let's let's talk about the cast because um the main reason really to be honest with you guys why I actually wanted to watch this movie after this long while is um I actually was watching Um, A bunch of videos on YouTube, as I usually do on my spare time. And I had watched this interview with Park Seo Joon and Kang han That was, I guess, back when they were doing press for this movie in 2017. And um, they just had such a cute, like, bromance camaraderie going on that I was just like, what? They did a movie? Like, I never like knew about it. And honestly, um I've only really watched their Korean dramas. So I haven't even really actually had the chance to like even think about what Korean movies they've been at. And then lo and behold, I was just watching this interview um they did for their press tour that they are actually were in this movie. So I was like, "Let me like quickly look it up and see um if I can actually watch it," which Actually, it's kind of hard to find this Korean movie um, online with English subtitles because it's not really available in the normal like um, platforms like Netflix or Viki. Um, it wasn't even on like Amazon Prime Video for me, so it took a lot of like googling and just trying to find like a source to actually watch it. So um, if you get a chance, do. Do some googling, like I did, and then you you could eventually find a link to like a video of this movie um what you do? oh, let's talk about um the cast of this movie because that's important, like I said that was the first thing that actually drove me into watching this movie was the main cast um first of all let's talk let's talk. Who was that? I can't even talk today. As well, it's not like I can even really talk during this podcast. You guys already know that. <laughs> Let's talk about Park Seo Joon. Um, watched a lot of his dramas. Um, he was in Fight My Way. I fell in love with him as an actor in What Happened to Secret. uh what happened to Secretary Kim? uh with Park Min Young. Um, He is currently in a Korean drama called Itaewon Class, which I talked about in a previous podcast episode. I think it was a couple of episodes back as one of the dramas I was looking forward to. That's currently airing right now simultaneously in Korea and uh, internationally uh, worldwide on Netflix. So that is available. Um, I haven't really started on it, but it's one of those Korean dramas that are on my list of shows to watch um movie wise he was in this movie called the divine fury which um if you're familiar with his korean drama fight my way um he was like an mma fighter there i think yeah mma is that what you call it mixed martial arts fighter and the divine fury kind of like um builds upon that sort of because he's also an mma fighter in um the movie the divine fury but it's kind of has a lot of supernatural kind of occult um themes to it so um i haven't actually like had a chance to watch it but it is on my list of career movies that i really want to check out um and apparently there's a sequel that's um current that's going to be happening i'm not too sure i need more information on it but park seojun oh my gosh he's he is like one of those actors that I feel like in the new generation of Korean actors that have really have really solidified their their foot into being like the premier a list um, Korean actors in the business because um, for one thing Park Seo Joon did his military uh, mandatory military service very early on. Um, I think when he was like fresh out of high school and um so he doesn't have that um kind of like thing that he has like compared to other young actors because he actually um he actually is already done with his 2 year uh, mandatory service so he doesn't um need to um be away from the limelight for two years unlike most of his peers, his age group. So he kinda has that going on because he just can just rise up um in popularity um uh, just with nothing stopping him um compared to his peers. So he's been doing that. He's been picking very good um projects and in 2017 this was before uh what happened to Secretary Kim and Wright um I think on the tail end um of fight my way ending um is that he was just like this rising young actor that has been doing so incredibly well um in the entertainment entertainment industry that's what i was trying to say um kind of lost my train of thought for a second i was like babbling on for for a while what was i talking about oh yeah um Anyways, here Park sergen plays um kind of like a jock um character um so his character is kind of like the muscle of the duo because he's like very athletic he's very like fit and um but not really that intelligent, more of like a street smart type of character um <laughs> which is um he this is not so much as a stretch for park Sao Joon because he kind of plays these type of characters really well like kind of that um lovable like jock type of character which is exactly what sort of like his character is in um Fight My Way sort of similar to his character in what um what's wrong with secretary not what happened with secretary what's wrong with secretary kim um he's kind of like a bit of adult uh a bit of like a like airhead sort of not particularly smart um i don't know if park surgeon is is like that in person but he tends to play these type of characters really well and uh, because he's also quite fit and quite athletic like you know the guy has like six packs galore um he does he does really well. Um well very well in this type of role. Also, what Park Surgeon does very good that is playing characters that normally um you wouldn't think you would root for them, but they end up very inspiring and actually um quite like um I wouldn't say like a, a tsundere character, which he has played before, but it's kinda like you think that they're just like, uh, not lovable, but they are. Uh, you know, after you kind of delve into the character, they're actually quite lovable and gentle and very caring, um, uh, very inspiring t- type of character. Um, and here when he um uh, in the character that he plays, he's also quite funny and um. Park Seo does very well with he has a very good sense of comedic chops like that's what i wanted to say um and this is pa- because he's paired with kang hyul one of the other very like prominent young korean actors of their generation um he he plays kind of a bit of a comedic kind of dull role when um kang hyul's character um Hiyul is more of like a dorky very book smart um Type of character um and whereas park surgeon's character is like the muscle um kang han yul plays um the brains of the operation of the duo so um what works really well is that they're actually like playing off each other so good like it's the chemistry is amazing like um it's kind of weird to think that this was the first time park surgeon actually played a lead role in a movie um He ended up winning um two um best new actor awards for this role, and he was hailed as like the golden boy of korean entertainment um so so yeah it's it's it 's kind of weird looking back now because it 's been like a few years after um and then let 's talk about um Kang Hanil who has been actually in the Korean entertainment industry for quite a long time now, but he's really steadily kind of gaining like lead roles in the past few years. He was in Airs, um, with Liminoh was was it Lee Min-ho? Kim Woo Bin was also in that um, Korean job, but um, he was also in Scarlet Heart Rio, um, with IU, was it with IU? Anyway, <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was in a lot of other um, kind of like second second lead roles. You know, he's he's always kind of like not really like the lead, and you kind of get the second lead syndrome with him. But um, he was most recently in a lead role in When the Camellia Blooms. It's currently available on Netflix. That was that's she's he's paired with Kong, Kong Hyo Jin. Um but that was his comeback drama, um, Midnight Runners is actually, uh, this drama, I mean, this movie was actually his last, like, project before his mandatory two-year, uh, military thingy, so, um, (laughs) <laughs> military service so like i said park Joon already finished his military service way before he even became an actor even way before his debut um even before he became famous so he has that going for him kang kind of was like steadily going up into like lead actor role but then he had to do his military service so he was kind of gone for two years um, and this was the project he uh, last participated in. And boy, oh boy, like the guy picked like the best project to do right before um, staying away from the limelight for two years. Because um, Hiyo, um his character is just um, at first, honestly, though, it's a bit of a hard sell seeing Kang Yul as like this nerdy, like book smart, like dude, because he is like. For one thing, I think they they tried to make him look kind of well nerdy and a bit ugly in this role, but it's a hard sell because Kang An-Yil is quite good looking. He's quite charming. Um they he has a bit of a reputation in the Korean entertainment industry of being like like a a chunsa, like an angel, like a they call him like the vending machine of good stories because he is just genuinely um in real life, I guess, like very kind, very helpful, such a sweetheart. And that's part of his charm, um, not just his good looking face. And um, I just find it funny because they actually really kind of made him very nerdy. Or at least they tried to in this role. Um, a lot of the slapstick and the humor and the comedy um, in Midnight Runners runs from the fact that they're they're playing. I mean, Kang Hanyo is sort of playing against type because um, he can easily... Ver- play like a charming chibble or like a like a, a good-looking model that type of role but here he's playing kind of a bit of like just a nerdy like type of guy uh he has glasses he smells very awkward uh he knows everything from the book um which is a good contrast actually he kind of builds kind of shows a more mature version um of heel in the character he plays in When the Camellia Blooms, because that character also is a bit awkward, um, but he kind of built it into like a more mature, older type of character, because I believe in that drama, he was playing somebody in their 30s. Um, but I have like nothing against Kang Hanyo. except the fact that it was a bit hard to believe that he was playing, he's like a nerdy guy because he's so good looking to me. Um, but he the The chemistry he has with Park Surgeon here is just off the charts. I was just very amazed at how funny they me- made the situation seem because um one of the the highlight um scenes or sequences for me in this movie with Park in his was when they were chasing down leads for the case um and they're trying to find out what the uh information about the girl that was kidnapped. Or snatching the street. And he has to go to this like uh, ear cleaning salon. Um, that's in like a basement of this building in front of seven uh, eleven. Um, I didn't know that these things exist. But um, even if you're not aware of what they're, they're kind of like pretty much kind of like brothels. Kind of like uh, <laughs> illegal like places. And he is just like a bit of a germaphobe the character and he ends up having to go in there and just just hilarity issues because he's he's trying to be very methodical and very disrespectful of like um the people he's asking inside this like illegal establishment um but also he's just just like way in over his head and he's like afraid that there's going to be a police raid that he's going to like get in trouble um and it's just like he's so funny like um complimented by the fact that um the one who's standing guard is park surgeon's character and he actually ends up going to the 7-eleven and eating like ramen uh or a cup noodles and stuff which was like uh one of the funnier parts of the movie he also ends up having to like distract the police officers and like have them chase him so that um Kang Hanyo's character wouldn't get caught in that illegal, like, establishment. It's just, in general, so funny. Um, And I also want to sort of talk about a couple of um, other other characters, um, the other actors in this uh, movie. (coughs) Oh, God. Sorry, excuse me. Um, There is a character... Played by Park Hasud. Um her name's Juhi. She is um, playing their mentor that they nickname Medusa. Um, she she actually um, it helps them, helps them find out um, about the the kidnappers and run the CCTV. Um, she's kind of like the strict like female uh, mentor that's just like can kick her all of their asses like if she really want to and they they really there's still a hilarious bit that they had to ask uh her for help uh Song Dong-il also is in this movie as Professor Yang um he is like in a lot of Korean dramas he was in Huarong, he was in Scarlet Hario as well um uh, he he's one of those Korean drama ajushis that are always Always in a Korean drama as like the dad, like the teacher, like the mentor and like the an authoritative figure. And that's what he does here as Professor Yang. Um, what I love about Song Dong Il is that he actually adds a bit of like a lightheaded, headed uh humor into that authoritative, authoritative figure that he always plays. So he's always like um, quite caring as a mentor. And that's what he brings into this movie as well um i in general this is like if you're like the kind of person who enjoyed like rush hour with jackie chan or even like 22 jump street 21 jump street um or any like buddy cop type of movie you're actually gonna love this uh it has very distinctive like korean aspects to it so if you're already a person that's a fan of Korean movies, you're actually gonna enjoy watching it. Also, if you're like a fan of buddy cop movies, like I said, um, it's if you're like like me and you just adore Park Seo Joon and Kang Han Yo, you're you're just you can't resist smiling, cause at their awkwardness, like the idiotic things that they do and say, um, but you know like that the the characters uh hearts are in the right place because they're just like it's also quite inspiring knowing that it's like these two um characters who could have easily turned um turned away and not helped this person that was kidnapped this girl that was kidnapped but they don't and then even if they're kinda of about like a bit bumbling as these like trainee um police officers they actually like really exemplified what police officers or any first responder should be that they shouldn't turn away from, from somebody who needs help. So um, they, they really played that so well, both um, Park Surgeon and Kang Hanyol in this movie um, that you're, you're, it's the plot itself is not the most original but it's very entertaining. It really makes you want to root for them. Um it, you really see the heart behind the two characters and their conscious and conscience and their their um desire for justice. So um this is this is one of those movies that's just I highly recommend to watch if you don't have anything you're watching at the moment. Um, and you want to kind of try to watch a more, um, kind of like lighthearted, like fun movie, then definitely Midnight Runners is one of those movies for you. Anyways, that is my, um, bit of a review about Chongnyunggongchal, Young Cops or Midnight Runners, um and stay tuned in a little bit we're gonna talk about um two k-pop soloists female soloists um so yeah Welcome back to Peach on Pink Ramblings, a podcast where I talk about everything Korean entertainment. And now we're going to talk about K pop and we're going to talk about two um, soloist so, female solo singers um, with both equally unique sounds. First, we're going to talk about um, a song called Nobody. This is by a soloist, uh, Blue D. Uh, featuring Mino from Winner um, if you are on Spotify or Anchor you would have heard like a little bit snippet of the song before this section if not there's an equally non copyrighted amazing song beforehand um, so let's talk about Nobody by Blue D featuring Mino of Winner uh, John Hoyon, more <clears throat> popularly known as Blue D um online it's like stylized as blue I d i don't know if it's like supposed to be blued or blue d i'm just gonna say blue d i think that's how her name is um she is a solar singer under yg entertainment's sub label ygx um she is a very new um solo singer in the k-pop world the k-pop landscape she actually debuted after gaining online popularity um, in the end of uh, last year, December two thousand nineteen. She had a viral video of a cover they did of uh, Charlie Puth song. Uh, anyway, she did it with another YouTuber called Big Marvel. If you don't know who Big Marvel is, he does a lot of covers using like that inflatable like chicken. Uh, using like chicken sounds um he's kind of like super famous on youtube for that and doing k-pop songs and other covers with that so she did a video with blue marvel and in turn that made her uh, quite popular online on youtube and um, other um, video streaming platforms as well um she debuted like i said the end of last year back in december uh sporting her signature blue green teal hair which is Amazing, very kick ass look already as it is. Um, Nobody, uh, the song that it's featuring Mino, who is from Winner, um, is her debut single. Um, this is a song that really showcases her unique vocals. Um, Blue D or Blued. I'm just going to keep saying Blue D. I don't I think it just sounds better. But she does have both this husky yet with a very sweet, folksy type of vibe throughout like her songs. Uh and this is very prominent in nobody. It's just like um the music video um search it up on YouTube. It's kind of quite trippy and very like stylistic as well uh a bit of kind of like inception it's like uh a music video and in a music video and another music video just going in and out of the frame so uh as with any k-pop music videos or it's very stylized um it's it's a bit more indie kind of feel compared to what you would normally expect from YG Entertainment, mainly because I think YGX is their indie sub-label. So this has more of... It's still kind of like that strong, bold choices that YG Entertainment is known for, but uh, it has a bit of, like I said, more of a folksy indie dry, uh, vibe th- um, throughout. Um, this song, there's just this like subtle sense of longing... In uh, I think what could have been released and just been lost as just like a generic, like, love song. Like, um, you know, it's very, very quite melancholic, and it's like the type of love song that almost every solo singer um releases. I mean, IU is quite well known for this type of genre of like a bit of like sad, sorrowful uh love song about like heartbreak and all that stuff but um blue d kind of adds a bit of like a bit of a spunk to it maybe just because she comes from yg entertainment uh there's there's a bit of a more of like a spunk and like sass into like the sound overall um which makes it quite it's like a pretty good first outing for what seems to be Um, the start of a career of a very promising new soloist Uh, like I said the featuring in this song uh, is Mino who is one of the members of YG Entertainment's winner Um, he does add a bit of like a strong clean rap and it really cuts through like the saccharine sweet tones of the song and it's 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 a very good pairing um mino's rap doesn't really like it just swiftly cuts through the song and never really detracts us from like the the overall vibe of the song uh so i highly recommend taking a listen to blue d and discovering her um, she actually has a YouTube channel She has a lot of covers um, I really recommend checking those out Because she's she's quite a very promising Solo singer um, In the Korean K-pop, endu- K-pop industry Right now um, And with that I'm going to transition about Talking about another soloist um, We're going to talk about her song Called With You This is a song from uh, From So a little bit of a background Lee Yoo Jin uh, who is known, uh, more as her stage moniker From. I don't know if this is from like the, like, the literature like that uh classic literature Ethan From. I don't know. It Maybe it's just like a weird name for K-pop artists. But then again, K-pop has weird names like for their, <laughs> the stage names. Anyway, her stage name is From. Um, she is an indie soloist under uh LIM. Um, she actually had debuted way back already, uh, back in the day in two thousand twelve. So she's been in the industry quite a while. But because she, she's an indie artist, I don't think she's known as well as uh more mainstream uh K-pop soloists. So uh, this song was actually featured in the Korean drama He Is Psychometric, which you guys know stars Park Jin Young, which is my. Who is my bias in God Seven, and this was his first lead drama. Um, so He is Psychometric is just one of my favorite favorite Korean dramas of the recent, you know, couple years. Um, and I believe I talked about it in a previous podcast episode as well. Um, but With You is one of the songs in the original soundtrack for the Korean drama. Um, there's not. I tried to really look up information. Um. As I usually do about when I talk about artists in the K-pop section of this podcast. And I really, really tried to look up information on, like, from. But there's not much. Uh, not much is known about this soloist. Uh, but when you listen to her songs, there is this mellow, airy vocals that really complement the, the chill vibe of, of this song with you. Um when you hear her discography her all her songs there is um a very distinct sound that you can hear um she has quite an unconventional rhythm with a very acoustic driven sound which kind of like um ver- carries that whole like indie vibe to her, um, it's, it's a very acoustic-driven sound that serves the melody uh, that actually it's quite soft, the song, with you, but it fits um, the drama's slight dark turn in its latter half. So it complements that. And it, it wasn't even really a song that played too much into the drama. It played in a lot of the softer uh, moments of the drama when it's um, the female and male leads like you know any of like the romantic scenes kind of like um the meet cutes and all that stuff that it was the song that was playing then and it really fit it but it also fit like the latter half of the drama which a little bit darker than the first half so um i would really recommend um checking out from she has quite I think she has like two full albums and a lot of singles. She's also participated and contributed a lot of songs in other Korean dramas, um, which is good. It's like exposure for an indie artist like her. Um, So I definitely recommend trying to listen and looking up her um, discography. Um, If Again, if you are on Anchor or Spotify, you can actually check out uh, a short snippet of with you after um, this section um if not there's going to be another like generic non-copyrighted uh, song that's equally as awesome like I said playing um after this section and I will um just continue listening on because we're going to talk about k-beauty next about acne and a subject that everybody wants to talk about I guess guys so we are back this is the last section of the podcast today and this is the k-beauty or korean beauty section of the podcast we're gonna talk about actually more of korean skincare like i said in the intro um i'm just gonna repeat myself you know guys i actually have quite a struggle with skincare because i break out quite easily with acne Um, mainly because I have a normally stressful personal life. Also, I have really awful oily combination skins, which just, just lends to a lot of acne breakouts every month. Um, I want to talk about two products from, um, two brands that I actually, um, love using within this. Korean skincare line. Uh, first one is Neogen's A-Clear Soothing Pink Eraser. Um, so on the description, it says, Say goodbye to breakouts with this sensitive, skin-friendly, dual-layer spa treatment that effectively erases blemishes without dryness or irritation. Key soothing and... Acne-fighting ingredients include calamine, tea tree leaf oil, and four forms of centella asiatica. The formula is free of artificial fragrances and colors, parabens, animal product, mineral oil, and silicone. Um, so you guys might know of—it's uh, not a Korean uh, skin hair product, but is a product comes in a little vial uh by Mario Badescu but Badescu anyway um one of the I think Kylie Jenner or one of the Kardashians like talked about it it became super famous uh and it became like the holy grail of like acne treatments um this is like the the Korean like iteration of that sort of um, I've never really tried the Western version, like the Mario Badescu one. Um, so I can't really tell you if it's a lot better. It's like, I don't know. I can't really compare it. But this one, the Neogen A-Clear Soothing Pink series, series, something that I just picked up while I was shopping at my local Korean beauty store. I was just really looking for something like to try out in terms of spot treatments for acne because I do get really bad hormonal um big like breakouts like acne spots um this is the type of thing that I would say use it at night because it has calamine and it just kind of covers everything in like what calamine lotion does is just like this bright kind of neonish pastel pink color um which i mean i think you should use it like right before you sleep on your nighttime skincare anyways because i think that's the most effective um i would say though because it has calamine it needs to be used right after the toner step so you can't really like you do the other steps of like the 10 step korean skincare um, routine, because you have to put this after you do your toner. Your your skin has to be really dry just for it to work its best and absorb like f- the best way uh, for best results. Like I said, um, it really stings quite a bit because it has like half of it is calamine, half of it's salicylic acid. And the salicylic acid is like just pure salicylic acid. So it's just like it, it just doesn't sting. Sometimes like, I mean, in the past like three weeks that I've been using it, it just burns like heck on your face because it really gets into the zit and it's just like drying it upon contact and it like it's acid pretty much. It's, it's It really burns like it's quite painful the first couple of times and it was like a bit teary-eyed, but you kind of get used to it. And as the more you use it, the more that the acne um heals the, the less stingy it is. Uh, <laughs> but at first it's kind of jarring because you're just like, oh my god, that, that burns. <laughs> um, but how you use it is that you need to use a q-tip. Um, and you need to like dip it straight down. And you can't like actually shake it and mix it. It needs to be two separate layers and you have to like stick it way down into the calamine, the pinks um, part and then pull it out so it goes through the salicylic acid and then put it on your skin like a dry freshly washed skin um, into the spots and um, the first few times that I've used it I've actually it looked like I covered like entire parts of my cheeks and my chin because I had really bad breakouts and I just like pretty much painted it pink because and it was like it burned like heck like I said um, but what's good about it is that i did see um i think like the the difference is that it kind of makes like your breakouts angry like the first time but when you use it consistently every night it actually the calamine starts to do its job and calms down everything um neogen has always been like one of those uh Brands that do really well with like products like acne products. So, um, I had a lot of fade in this um pink eraser. Um, so far I, I think it's it, it works really well. Um, let me talk about the other product that I was going to talk about, which is Etude House's AC Clean Up Pink Powder Spot. Very very similar product. It also has two layers. Um has calamine, has sulfur, salicylic acid, and medecastase, medecastase, med, I don't know how to pronounce this, this like substance, but medecastase, med, I think, as well as natural tea oil. So very similar, um, ingredients, um, instead of med, medic um, neogens has centella asiatica, which is, I love centella asiatica, um, Kind of similar to neogens a clear soothing pink eraser, you do have to i th- use this right after the toner step and just like push through straight down into the pink part of it and then pull it out and then like um uh, apply it to your breakouts um It's quite useful for smaller breakouts I feel rather than cystic or like hormonal those big acne like big breakouts. Um, I feel like Neogen's Pink Eraser actually did what better with, like, the cystic acne. Um, it did take, like, at least, like, three or four days before it actually calmed it down and actually um, had a visible, like, change or difference to it. Um, but it works really well with, like, smaller, tiny, tiny breaks out. And it's just, like, it's it cleans it up like within like the first night when you wash your face in the next morning. Uh, your face is really dry. Uh, I feel like more dry than usual. Um, I With the Etude House, I feel like my skin actually, compared to the Neogen one, that my skin actually like overdrived and did more oil in the morning just because it was so irritated by the salicylic acid and the sulfur. Um, but it you can't barely tell that there was smaller breakouts at all. But the Neogen one was actually so much better with the cystic or hormonal acne because it really, like, it was really stingy. And you can tell that it was working its way into drying, like, that's it. I would say, though, um, my holy grail is still, like, the COS-RX and Teleblemish Cream compared to these two products. Because when you use these two products, it... The salicylic acid actually, like I said, makes the acne like angrier. Um, it doesn't calm it down right away until probably like the second or third night that you're using it. So at times my my skin would be just really red because it's just really irritated from the acid. Um, compared to this uh, the Cosrx blemish Cream because it's more of a cream rather than a spot treatment, that it actually does it. Um. In a more like kind of moisturizing way, and it doesn't irritate it, the other parts of the skin as much. So, um, I think mm. for like more bigger hormonal acne, I'd rather use my like, Centella blemish cream just because it just like calms it down better and like heals it in a more kind of like gentler way. But I would definitely re- still recommend the Neogen A Clear Soothing Pink Eraser and the Etude House AC Cleanup pink powder spot that was a long breather of a name because they're quite good as a spot treatment for for smaller breakouts if you're the kind of person that's not scared of like it feeling like it's burning or anything um then these are products for you um hopefully that was really helpful um little snippets of a review for both uh korean skincare products Hey, you have reached the end of peach neon pink ramblings a podcast thank you thank you so much guys for tuning in to this podcast episode this is already podcast episode 16 and you guys made it towards the end of all my ramblings thank you so much for listening once again and i know i'm really gonna try to be much more consistent and come out with another podcast episode next week that is the goal that is the plan um, but i am as always super grateful for all of you guys that are listening to this podcast definitely let me know what you think and what you want me to talk about you can leave me a message on anchor.fm forward slash peach neon pink neon has two ends. forward slash message forward slash <laughs> forward slash message or on our socials you can definitely leave me a tweet uh, peach neon pink neon again has two ends. Uh, or you can also check out my website at peachneonpink.com. Neon has two ends, like as always, uh, where you can see my blog posts and other like videos. I do one minute vlogs, travel vlogs, a lot of other stuff on there that you can check out. Um, and let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any suggestions for any Korean movies or Korean dramas or any K-pop artists you want me to listen to and review and i would look into it i would love to have more suggestions for content for this podcast once again before i go thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and hopefully you guys listen back next week